The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Celebrate Jesus. Go ahead and celebrate the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, only Yeshua lives and reigns from everlasting to everlasting. And his kingdom, there will be no end. We celebrate you, Jesus. We honor you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, only your kingdom will have no end. We're glad to be members of that kingdom. Sons and daughters of that kingdom. Joint hands with Christ. What a precious privilege this is, O oh God. We return the glory and the honor forever to you. May your kingdom never have an end. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And teach us from your word today. Lord, at the end of today's session, May we be empowered to be all that you've ordained for us to become. Out of this place, we call for captains of industries. We call for business owners, global, global influencers, for the sake of your kingdom, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I'd like you to turn around to somebody and tell them happy Thanksgiving. Fragrance of life, the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful... God bless you richly in Jesus' name. It's a Thanksgiving weekend. And God has been amazing to us as a nation. That is why we are thankful. And we know that there is so much more that God has in stock for you and I. In the mighty name of Jesus. This month is our empowerment month. And... The theme for the month is, I am born to reign. How many people are born to reign? And declare, I am born to reign. Tell your neighbor, uh, you are born to reign. And you will reign in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, when we talk about the concept of reigning, many of us don't understand the concept. We look at it from the perspective that, okay, um, life will be good. Everything will be okay. I will enjoy life to the fullest. And on and on. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, and God gave them dominion. And he said, exercise dominion over everything. Now, in the kingdom of God, how far you reign is a function of how far you see. God said to Abraham, he said, look, as far as you can see, I give to you. Look to your left, look to your right, look to the north, look to the south, as far as you can see. So when you're talking about the concept of reigning, it is as far as you can see. Some of you are looking at and you're seeing jobs, job opportunities, OPMP, BA is the reigning thing. What's the, what's the other reigning things? What are the careers that are, many of us are running after now? Cyber, 
Strong master. How many masters? <laughs> but you see, beyond the levels of the jobs, God wants to make you a job creator. So you must look beyond as far as you can see. And that is the reason why we're talking about empowerment. Because there's, there's something God wants to do with your life beyond what other people experience. So it's as, it's as far as you can see. As far as you can see. And friends, I, I believe God that God wants to raise leaders in the marketplace. That's what it means to reign. That's what you're born for. If your father is the owner of heavens and the earth, everything that there is here on earth, why do you want to just go and be an employee? That's the reason why we're talking about business. You, you, so we need to begin to think, can I be the creator of, or the leader of, or the owner of Apple? Somebody will say, but is that possible? <laughs> when we deal with the things of God, there is no impossibility with God. Can I be the owner of Walmart or the prototype? God has called and raised and wants to raise more leaders in the marketplace. And friends, the engine room for economic empowerment is business. That's the engine room. So if you must be empowered, I'd like you to begin to think beyond the realms of, oh, I go to a nine-to-five job. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. But you're the founder of, or rather the, one of the greatest patriots of faith is a man called Abraham. Abraham had a business life such that 318 men, not to talk about women and children, were in his employment. 318 men. So in other words, he took care of them. They had, he had business to do and things that he had that as it were took care of those 318 men and their families. I speak into the life of somebody today. After the order of Abraham, God is going to elevate you. I am born to reign. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, Ask of me and I will give you the nations for an inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for a possession. If you look at scriptures, you realize that the wealthiest of people were not people who were in jobs. Now, for the purposes of this morning's conversation, there's nothing wrong with being an employee. I like to make that. There's nothing wrong. But you see, I want to trust God to have, have us begin to have what, a, what I would call a mental shift from thinking, oh, I want to get a job to begin to think, oh, how can I be a creator of opportunities? How can I be a business person? How can I trust God to empower me so much so that I own chains of businesses? Because as far as you can see, God is ready to give it to you. He's ready to give it to you. So if, if we look at scriptures, you, you realize that the wealthiest people from scriptures up to present day, the wealthiest people are business people. 
call the wealthiest man you can think of. They, they own organizations, corporations. You want to talk about Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. If you take it to Bible days, Abraham had chains of, in fact, the scripture says that he had livestock, he had camels, different chains of, you know, different kind of businesses he was into. What about Job, the wealthiest man in his days? He had livestock. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Job, chapter 1, that he had livestock. And verse 3. And it's not limited to men only. In, his, in scriptures, the Bible talks about a woman called Lydia. And I'd like to read Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16 and verse 14. And I think I'll read it from, I don't know whether it's a message translation or one of the trans, passion translations. It says, one of them was Lydia, a businesswoman from the city of Tytra. And it goes forth to say about her, who was a dealer of exquisite purple clothing and on and on. She was a businesswoman with a difference. Businesswoman with a difference. So, so friends, as we begin to trust God, begin to ask yourself, can I also be a businessman or a businesswoman? Can I be? Can I be? Can God use me in such a way that I'm so relevant and impactful for the kingdom? Can God use me to create opportunities so that I'm not only reigning spiritually, but I'm also do what? I'm also entrenching the kingdom of God around in the business environment. Can you imagine if, for instance, you are the owner of um, Walmart and part of the rule like people like the owners of Chick-fil-A. Part of the rule is that, okay, every morning as part of the rule of this organization, we're going to have devotion. <laughs> How do you think you'll be like? How do you think it would be like? Fantastic. So, so the question this morning is, what is business? I'd like to quickly run through the slides that I have. And um, I have just less than 20 minutes more. Uh, 30 minutes is not enough to do talk much about business. So I'm going to just probably just share some quick nuggets and then we'll bring that very close. Business simply refers to an organization or an enterprise engaged in commercial industrial or professional activity. That's what a business is. In other words, you could say that the purpose of a business is to organize some sort of economic production of products or goods and services. That's what a business is. So it's an organization that specializes in selling something or producing something, other goods or services. That's what a business is. So when you look at it from the concept of a business, there are different types. Time is not going to permit us to look at the types of businesses. But you can look at business largely from the standpoint of how you can have your liabilities contained. The greatest question for me, whenever I think about business, is for believers, why is it that we must be involved in business, own businesses or run businesses? Or why must we begin to have a paradigm shift out of the concept of employment? One of the greatest reasons why we have to begin to have that shift is because the scripture says in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18, it says, in your seed, 
all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. One of the greatest impact that businesses does is that a business can have you achieve global impact. Global impact. Global impact by reason of the people you reach and meet. Assuming, for instance, you sell a product that costs across nations. And somewhere down the phrase of the package, just like in some packages that people you know, they sell, they put in some packages, smokers are liable to die young. For instance, as package, that almost all packages that have, they have that there. Smokers are liable to die young. But what if, for instance, you are selling a product where you, have, you put as part of your underlining packaging, the kingdom of God will soon come. But it's a product that excites people. Don't you think that that is, that is, that is a message that goes and resonates around across the world that blesses people? You can make a global impact. Lives can be changed. Lives can be imparted. You can reach nations of men and women by reason of the fact that you begin to think global. And that is one of the greatest reasons for everyone who can see very far to trust God for dimensions in business that can cut across nations. And thank God for Canada. Canada is one of the countries where you have all nations represented here. So if you have a mom and a pop shop somewhere in maybe Toronto and you sell goods that cost across all the fists, all types of nations. The Chinese will come, the Indians will come, the Asians will come, the Africans, the Caribbeans will come, all sorts of people will come. And of course, you can be a source of blessing to such and such people. My prayer is that God will help us to be a blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. The second way we be a blessing by reason of business is that we, we, as, as a business owner, you're looking at it from the dimension of being a job creator. A job creator. The Bible says, I will make you a blessing. I will bless you. I will make you name, your name, your, your nation, your, you a great name. He said, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. So when you are a job creator, by reason of the businesses you own. You know what that, we know what that means? That means that, okay, you have been a blessing to families. You have been a blessing to families. There are people you are trusting God for to provide you with the resources for which you'll be a blessing to them. And that is why, friends, we, we've got to think about business opportunities and begin to ask ourselves, how can I be a blessing? What do I need to do? How do what do I need to engage in to be such a blessing? And friends, there are tons of things you can do to be a blessing to people around you. Abraham did not only live his life for himself, for Isaac, for Sarah, but Abraham had 318 families that was under his custody. And much more. People that he catered for, he fended for, he paid wages and I see somebody getting there in the mighty name of Jesus. I see somebody getting there in the mighty name of Jesus. There's a lot of so many other benefits and opportunities. 
you know why every one of us should begin to trust God mentally and physically that God should shift your horizon to begin to think of business opportunities a lot there are tough advantages but I think the one that I like most is the fact that I have control over my lifestyle as a business person you know back in the days when I I used to work under someone a, com a company the co company had control over my time they said to me you have to resume by nine and then you have to close by five I know in the, in, in the country where I originally came from nine to five is not nine to five nine to five can be nine to ten depending on how, uh, which side how your boss feels that day and if you dare goes by five because uh, <laughs> in fact in fact the truth is that you will never want to live by five because it's like you see other people sitting down walking beyond five and it looks as if you are odd if you want to carry your bags to go your back to go by five but thank god for north america because for for some jobs nine to five is nine to five so by five you're gone but some other jobs especially when you begin to get to the higher levels nine to five is not nine to five in fact, 9 to 5 most times is 9 to 12. Because there's so much tax that is put placed upon you and you don't have any choice but to do what? To get the job done. So for, for, for a business person, you have some level of lifestyle control. Oh, I can decide to say today I'm not going to work. <laughs> but of course, the responsibility of the fact that you know that there's so much weight on you pushes you to go to work. <laughs> but, but, but the mere fact that, hey, you, as, as, as a business owner, you, you, you know that, look, hey, I can say today, okay, guys, you looked at the schedule, we can live without going to work today. So you just, just let it go. So the, the lifestyle control is so crucial. For, for instance, you know, I've, I've told all the people that I work with, even if the heavens are collapsing, in, in whatever thing we do, if you call me on a Sunday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., you're on your own. I have a control over that. But if, for instance, you're working and you're placed on a shift in the morning and God help you. So the lifestyle control is so crucial. And, and that is why if you look at scriptures, you realize that there are many people, there are many people in scriptures that, that God empowered for the sake of the kingdom. That is the likes of Paul. Paul was a tent maker. He had a business of his own. So he could have control over his time to be able to say, look, hey, I'm shutting down at this point in time to be useful for the sake of the kingdom. And I see God raising men and women out of this place. Who will he who he will empower and grace with grace to be able to be effective in the business world so that at the end of the day you can be useful to the kingdom? How do I start a business? I hear this question a couple of times over and over again. People will ask you, Pastor, what kind of business do I start? How do I start one? How do you know what kind of business to start? That is a different conversation entirely. But most times, the best thing to do is to look at where you have an interest. Look at the areas where you have an interest in and engage. There are different types of business, like we have said earlier on. 
You see, you can decide to start what they call a startup. In other words, the business is not known. You see an area of need and you decide to do what? You decide to just start something. I suddenly drove one day and I saw that an African store had opened in somewhere in Richmond Hill here. Many of you know the place. You just turn around the corner and you see one African shop to the place. Before now, there was no African store. in. Uh... So somebody must have thought, oh, there are a lot of Africans coming over and living over in the Richmond Hill area. It's, instead of everyone driving all the way to North York to go to an African store, there's a need here. So startup most times is a function of being able to identify areas of need, areas of interest, and then starting off something. Somebody woke up one day and said, hey, instead of calling taxis to come pick you up, you know, as a means of transportation, if I just develop an app and hook people into that app and they just click a button, a vehicle can come and pick them up. And then Uber was created. So startups are good. It's risky, but you see, when you make, get it right, you can turn things around for you. Not everyone has the grace for a startup. But the most important thing about startups is that startups can make you a fortune if God gives you a revelation. And one of the greatest things that we as believers must begin to trust God for is to ask God for insight revelation into the business world. God may drop an idea upon you that revolutionizes the world. And I see God giving it to somebody in the mighty name of Jesus. There's still so much to come and that's the truth. There's still so much that has not been done that will still be done. And that is why for me, I think the greatest prayer that everyone should be praying is Lord give me an idea that will change the face of my life. In the face of my world. But see, the, the one I, I like very much, because I, I, I don't, I, some people are inventors. The one I like very most is buying existing businesses. That's the one I like most. Because, maybe because I, I don't like too much of adventure. I look for one that is doing very well, and then I just buy into it. So you, you, can, you can start off by starting from scratch, or you can buy into an existing business. In other words, you are searching out for areas where you know, hey, you have an interest in. You do your due diligence, you research, and find out, okay, is this business doing very well? How is it doing? How is the profit like for the past several years? And, and, and then you look for the funding, and then you get into it. And thank God for Canada, because you see, Canada has an opportunity where they fund business opportunities, sometimes up to 90% of it can be funded under the small business finance loan program. And all the banks have that opportunity to be able to assist. I, I, I feel in, you know, expanding that buying business and buying of businesses, you can buy any type of existing business. But I feel that one of the greatest kept secrets is what they call the franchising world. The franchising world. There are a lot of franchises all over the place. A couple of times, many of us don't know that some of the big industries that we even find are franchises. For instance, a Canadian tire. Many of us go into a Canadian tire store, but that's a franchise. It's a franchise. All you only need is $125,000. 
in assets, not even in cash, to be able to get into that franchise. And of course, some set of business sense. I met a young man. Not a young man. I think he's in my... In my I'm a young man, so... <laughs> in my age category. And I said to him, how long have you been in this Canadian tire business? And he said, oh, he's been there for about 10 years. And we started having a conversation. Uh, and he said to me that, look, hey, every month, after all said and done, the profit that goes home to, with, to him is 500K. <laughs> I looked backward a little bit, and I looked at him. And I said, so how do you, how do you spend this 500K? He laughed, laughed. He laughed. And of course, he said so many other things. But, but can you imagine if, for instance, 500K comes into your account monthly? 500. Let's even not say 500, 100. <laughs> and that is working in a place for 10 years. Working in a place for 10 years. There's tremendous opportunities, friends. There's so much opportunity out there. There's so much. As far as you can see, as far as you can see, as far as you can see, I am trusting God that God will open our eyes to see opportunities. I'll quickly run through some barriers because a couple of times, many of us don't know but there are barriers. And then, of course, I'll cap it up by talking about what are the success factors. And I'll bring that to a close in the next five minutes. Even if I don't want to close... I have to close because I'm having a program somewhere else. So, One of the greatest barriers for people who want to go into business is, is what they call inexperience. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. There's nothing you go into if you don't plan to spend time to know in that direction or that dimension, you will never be able to know it. Many of us trained as bankers, as accountants, as lawyers, it took you time to invest in yourself to get into knowing that profession. So sometimes we think that we can get into business not knowing or not learning about it. How wrong we can be. So one of the greatest barriers is inexperience or lack of knowledge. And the only way you can circumvent or cut short on that is to do what? Is to learn about it. So learn. So learn. So you want to go into business or you want to trust God to get into business of any sort, go and learn. Go and learn. You know, one of the businesses I wanted to get into, you know, I approached the owner of the business and I said, sir, can I come and volunteer? So, yes, you can come. And I get said two weeks, two days a week. And for close to six months, I was doing volunteering, not paid volunteering unpaid volunteering because I needed, I needed to understand the ropes I needed to understand and I was doing the thing as if that is my job knowledge can be acquired in any dimension of business can be acquired in, in fact in, in some franchises before you get into buying into them they tell you go and look for somebody that owns one and volunteer and work there for a season 
that you have to go into Canadian Tire, you have to enlist involuntarily in a store, learning through the ropes, through the various divisions, before you can even get in, get in, get in there. So we, let's learn. Let's learn. Sometimes people say that finance is a barrier, but the truth is that if you have a good product and a good service and a good business plan, finance is not a barrier. And of course, if God is behind you, finance is not a barrier. May God give us wisdom. And I think one of the other greatest barriers as we move on from there is, is, is fear of failure. Oh, if I go into business, now what is going to happen? Am I, gonna, I, I hope I'm not going to fail. The truth is that they say that in, in the context of five feet, within five years, most new businesses that start, it's only 35% that succeeds after five years. So it's risky. But you, see, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be. You don't need to be. God has called you there. Put your heart to it. You'll be an exemption. The Bible talks about God putting the children of Israel in Egypt. And he said, look here, they were exempted from all the things that were happening. You'd be exempted. Even if you fail, the Bible said the righteous fall seven times and it stands up again. Oh, I can tell you how many times I failed in one business or the other. There are some businesses that I've done that have lost a lot of money. But you see, I want to look at the ones that I've done and I've done well. Much more than the ones that I've done that have failed. There are lots of opportunities. So what are the critical success factors as we bring this to a close? One greatest critical success factor is that you must have a vision of what you're trusting God for. There must be something that is driving you in the inside. There must be something that is saying to you, hey, Israel, you can do much more. Paul, you can do much more. Sarah, you can do much more. And, and, and then you, you trust God with that vision. One of us here, so many years ago, he said to me, he said, I'm just tired of, I'm just this, I'm just tired of this nine to five. Tired of this nine to five. And at that point in time, he was having a serious, when I mean serious, very good paying PMP role in one of the big banks. Very good paying job. But they say, I don't like the way they talk to me at work. I, I just want to begin to do my own thing. I, so he had a vision of where he wanted to go to. Had a vision. And he set his mind at it. Oh, but trust me, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough at the, end of, at the early times. But if you ask him today, oh boy, would you want to go back to those PMP days? He will tell you, forget it. You must have a vision for where you want to get to. And understand the fact that beyond the vision, people are your greatest asset. So if you don't know how to treat people and you want to own a business, you, know, you need to go and learn social skills of relating. Because people are your greatest asset. People can kill your customers or they can attract your customers. So you need to understand how to engage people. You need to understand and have sound financial management skill. I think I want to begin to draw it to a close there. Everyone who wants to get into business must understand the fact that 
you need to understand financial skills. You need to. Yes, you can, you can employ an accountant. But if an accountant brings you rubbish, how are you going to know what it is? You must be able to know that, look, hey, if you sell for so-and-so amount and you spend for so-and-so amount, there's something that is called profit that is left. You need to be able to understand it. And everyone can learn financial skills. Everyone can learn it. Oh, yes, you can learn it. You can go to school to learn it. A pastor friend of mine said to me, he said, he said when God began to tell him that, look, he was going to start a church, and then God began to tell him that, look, his church is going to grow big, he decided to go and enroll in an accounting class. I said, pastor, why will you go and enroll in an accounting class? He said, how will I know how to spend money and be able to account for the money of the big church that God is calling me to run? The same thing, friends. If you're trusting God to take you higher, if you're trusting God to lead you to higher dimensions, simply getting simple accounting knowledge is very crucial for the heights of what God wants to take you to. Joel chapter 2 verse 26 says, You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who have dealt wondrously with you. See, and my people shall never be ashamed. My people shall never be ashamed. God wants you and I to flourish. He wants you and I empowered. He wants you and I to become the best of what he wants us to be. Psalms 92 verse 12, it says, The godly shall flourish like palm trees and shall grow strong like cedars of Lebanon. I see God raising men and women that will be creators of opportunities in the mighty name of Jesus. I see God raising men out of here who, who run chains of franchises to God's praise and to God's glory. I see kingdom businessmen being raised out of this house. If you believe it, shout a believing amen. We'll go into the question and answer session. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.